Well, it's good to be here, isn't it, in the house of God, around God's people. And, uh, you know, those were some beautiful songs that were sung tonight. And, uh, you know, I, within my life, within uh, the years that I've lived, uh, I've buried a lot of people. I've married a lot of people. But I tell you, one day we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. All of us who have been born again are going that way. But you know, it's good to know that you're saved. You have to know without a shadow of a doubt that you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in the free pardon of sin. Listen, Jesus will save you. Now, the, the, the guy that was running the, uh, the camera, he told me I have to stay in between here and here. And I told him, I said, I'll do my dead level best to do that. I said, but now if I get to jump in pews, that's a whole other story. It's up to you. But you see, it's good to be around God's people. It's good to be in the house of God. And I've got one thing uh, bad to say about Brother Dan. It's good, but it's bad. My church is over on 41 Highway, the years that I pastored there. And he said, every day I'd go by your church, and I'd see your name, Arthur M. Sisk, Jr. on it. I said, well, why didn't you ever stop? He never stopped. So I've got something against him to start right off with, okay? No, I, I, love, I love Brother Dad. He's a blessing to me. And he certainly knows the Bible. He certainly does. Now, I'm one of those old preachers, just rare back, let her go, and uh, chase rabbits. Sometimes you catch them, sometimes you don't. You just let those go and go with the ones you catch. But here for a while tonight, if you have your Bibles, in 2 uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy, and I'm just going to read verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. And I'm going to preach for about 30, 40, 50, just whatever the Lord lays on my heart uh, tonight. And uh, our prayer is it'll be a blessing to you. And that you really realize what conviction need, uh, means to a child of God and those who have never been saved. Listen, you have to be convicted of the sin that you've done in order to be saved. You have to acknowledge it to God. You have to acknowledge it that you've done wrong and you want to be a child of God. So here in, in 2 Timothy, in chapter 1 and in verse 12. It says, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep, uh, keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You have to know that you know that you know. There's people today who run around saying, well, you know, I go to church. I said, well, have you been saved? Said, well, I, I go to the, uh, uh, I sing in the choir and, and, and I do what I should do in church. But I said, but you're missing the point. Have you been born again? Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin? So many times they'll say, well, I think I am. I'm pretty sure I am. You got to know that you know. Got to know that you know. Old brother Bill Worley, he used to get on to me all the time. He said, Junior, get back there and let her fly. Don't worry who you offend. God will take care of it. But we have to know that we've been born again. We have to know that we've been saved. 
And God gives us some points in his Bible in which we can realize what hell is and what heaven can be to those who have never been born again. How beautiful heaven must be. You know, I, I began to think the other day of all the funerals that I, that, that I have performed since I was pastor and, and, and just preaching. You'd be surprised how many folk have left this walk of life, but thank God when I know without a shadow of a doubt uh, that they have been saved, it's easy to preach uh, that funeral. But when you have someone who says, you know what, I don't know whether he was saved or not, you listen, you preach to the audience. It's up to God then. It's up to God. But here as we begin to look at some convictions that each and every one of us has or needs to have within us. First one is we need to be convicted about the awfulness of sin. Nowadays, it isn't sin. It's just a way of life. It seems every time you turn the TV on, man, man, woman, woman, this, that. Listen, it's wrong in the sight of God. Wrong. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you do. Wrong is wrong. And God said there will be a punishment for that. And that punishment is the pits of hell. There's a time coming in your life, whether it's by death or the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have to answer to him. You're going to have to give an answer to what you have done. Every one of us here tonight are going to have to stand before God. Every one of us. Listen, you're saved. You ain't going to get out of it, honey. Because there's things in my life that I know that is wrong. Listen, the thing is you have to come and ask for forgiveness. God will forgive you. The Lord Jesus Christ said he'll forgive you of that sin and your slate is clean. But listen, there's those who are going to have to pay for what they've done since they have been saved. Just because you're saved, don't think you don't sin no more. You do, honey. You do. I've met people, I mean, so righteous, but ask God, I ain't never sinned since the day I was saved. I said, you just did, brother. You just sinned right then because all sin and come short of the glory of God. All of us. There's not a time or a day that we do not do something wrong, but we're convicted of it. And then we go to God and ask for forgiveness. There's those thinking whenever they come and accept the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, you're saved. But he says, sin not. Sin not. Don't sin. But when you do what, you have an advocate with God the Father, and that's the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to realize in this walk of life, we all sin. We do. I mean, I wish I could say I didn't. I wish I could say all of it, but I guarantee you every one of you here in this house has sinned since you've been saved. There's none righteous, no, not one. Isn't that what the Bible says? There's none righteous, no, not one. But thank God you got to make sure your payday is paid for. <laughs> Sound like old Andy Griffith, don't it? You have to make sure, know without a shadow of a doubt, know that you know that you know 
People today walk around and that, you know, there's different denominations that say this and say that and this and that. Take the word of God and read it. Read it. Oh, we've got all kind of new versions out. Just pick one you want, honey. No. I think the King James Version is the closest you're going to get to the original scripts. The King James Version is what an individual needs to read and see what God has in store for you. Oh, listen, it's good to know that you're saved. It's good to know that one day Jesus is coming back. And it's getting awful close. Getting awful close. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, I've got it pinpointed right here, brother. I know exactly when Jesus is coming. You know, if he, if he hit that on the nail, Jesus would change it. Because he's... <laughs> Did he not say in his word, no one knows the day nor the hour. But he said this, I am coming back. So you better be ready. Look at the signs all around you. It ought to scare someone that's never been saved to death. You see things happen in the world that has never happened in, in my lifetime. I'm almost 75 years old, April the 6th as a matter of fact. April the 6th. <laughs> Be 75. I can remember going to church with my grandmother and my grandfather, and they would get so happy in that church. I guess you could call them holy rollers. I'd be glad to be called that. I'd, I, hey, I'd love to be called a holy roller. Oh, my, they'd worship God. I mean, they'd stand up. They'd shout. The preacher would never even get to preach the word of God because of the people standing up and shouting and praising God. Those days are gone, aren't they? Oh, we have to have people in suits, fancy little ties on. Ties are the work of the devil. They are. They are. And I've had it said, and I'm not going to mention any names. If you don't have a tie, you're not singing in my choir. If you're not dressed to the T, you're not singing in my choir. God bless him. I don't remember one time Jesus went with a tie. As far as I know, he didn't go to the cross wearing a tie. But he went to the cross bearing our sins upon his shoulders. And thank God for that. Thank God he bore it all that we could be born again. I'm not even going to get to the message, but that's okay. That's fine and dandy. You know what? You look around, and just, just, just like they just got through saying, you see prophecy fulfilling. You do every day. Every day you see prophecy fulfilling. And we as children of God need to realize that we need to be against uh, or, or for God's duties. We need to be doing what he wants us to do. And that is reaching the lost before it's eternally too late. There's a day coming when we're not going to have the time. We're not going to have the reason to go out and do it because we're going to be left. We're gone. We're leaving from here. We're out of this old world. Boy, I tell you what, they sin all over the place. You see it on TV, you hear it on the radio, you hear, see it in the streets, you see it everywhere. You see it everywhere. But you know what? It seems like we don't care. So, you know, so what? 
So what? That blood is going to be on your account. You come into contact with someone that's never been born again, tell them about the love of God. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them that Jesus died for them upon the cross of Calvary. Tell them that one day Jesus is coming back and they, have, they need to be saved, they have to be saved in order to be called out to meet Jesus in the air. So many times we don't care. Like an old hobo or something like that, you know. Somebody in a two-piece, three-piece suit, you'll go over and talk to them. You won't go talk to that one over there that stinks. I don't have nothing to do with him. He may be the one that you need, need to lead to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that we have to get into contact with. Listen, God sent his son to this world to die for my sin, for your sin. The sin of the entire world is what it says. That's what the word of God says. So you see, we, we need to be convicted about the awfulness of sin. Then we need to uh, conviction of the fact of a literal burning hell. Have you ever been really burnt? I mean, scalded or maybe starting a barbecue pit and putting too much juice on it and lighting it? And you get burnt. Burn, burn your eyebrows off. Burn, burn your hair off your head. That's nothing compared to what hell is going to be like. And we need to reach individual and tell them that there is a day coming. And they need to be ready. Because there is a literal burning hell. Just look at old Dives in the Bible. He said, hey. He here he is over here. In the lake of fire. And he's looking out across the way. Listen to what it says. It says this in Luke chapter 16 verse 23. And in hell, dives, he lift up his eyes, seeing, being in torment and seeing uh, uh, Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, I, I, here I go. I'm going to try my best to stay here. Here we find doves and he's looking. He's in hell and he sees those whom he had done wrong and, and, and rejected and everything he sees him and he knows and he's having a good time. But he had done reached the point of no return. Now I don't know whether we're going to be able to see us as children of God and the ones who have never been born again who's in the lake of fire that burns forever and forever. It's not, it isn't going to be quenched. It isn't going to be quenched. But I, they're looking out. I, if, I don't know. I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> For all y'all that don't get there, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> Listen. There's a lake of fire in which those who've rejected the Lord Jesus Christ are going to be cast into forever and forever to burn and not burn up, but just burn. Oh, how awful. How awful. 
how awful that would be. But he's seeing Dives over there. Old Dives is looking across there, and he's, he's seeing them over there. They're having a good time and all that. Oh, if I could just have one more chance. If I could just have one more opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. If I just had one more time that I could look and say, I love you, and I put my faith and trust in you. But he's past his point. He's there forever and forever. Jesus is showing us here that there is a time coming. There is a time coming. We have lost loved ones. We have lost friends. Do we witness to them? Do we tell them of the love of God? Are you ashamed to tell that? Don't you know Jesus is saying, oh my, oh my. Why not tell them? Why not tell them? Because there's a day coming when you're not going to have that opportunity. You're not going to have that opportunity. You see, we need the conviction of the fact of a literal burning hell. And those who have never been saved, honey, that's where they're going. That's where they're going. Also, we need the conviction of God's love for sinners. Right there is a great example of his love for you. The cross. Jesus was taken to the cross and he was nailed between two thieves. One said, if you be God, if you be the son of God, take us down from here. The other one says, forgive me for the sin that I've committed. He said, today, verily, verily, I say unto you, thou shalt be with me in paradise. One was saved. One went to hell. There's coming a day when that's going to happen. There's coming a day. It says, for God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only begotten son on the cross of Calvary. But it doesn't stop there. The cross is a symbol. It's a symbol of death. Roman soldiers would take and they would make a cross and put people upon it. Even upside down, they would put them on there. The cross is where Jesus died. But the great thing is this, and it's coming up. Easter Sunday. <laughs> he arose. From the grave he arose. Oh my, wouldn't you love to have been there? Wouldn't you love to have been there when them soldiers, they were supposed to have been on the job working? <laughs> and they went to sleep. Not by their own doings, but by God. He put them asleep. The angels came and rolled the stone away. Jesus came forth from the tomb and he lives forevermore. What a day that would have been if you'd have been standing there. Oh, glory to God. You wouldn't have been able to stand it. <laughs> I guarantee you when he come out, he shone like a brand new pair of shoes. He come out, glory to God, and he went back to heaven for you and for me. For you and for me. Oh, listen, whenever we come around that cross on Easter, he's not there. He's not in the grave. Thank God he's making intercession for us in heaven. Making intercession for me. Why me? I haven't always been goody, a good feller. <laughs> 
And from time to time, I'm still not too good of a feller. But he still loves me. He still cares for me. He cares for every soul that's here tonight wanting you to be saved, knowing that you know, that you know, that you know that you've been born again. Born again, free from sin. Sin creeps up on us, doesn't it? Sometimes we say things we shouldn't say. Sometimes we do things we shouldn't do. That's when we take them to God. That's when we take them to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said if we'll do that, he'll forgive us. You can't beat that, can you? You can't beat that. That's better than a new car. That right, Andrew? That's better than driving a new car, knowing that Jesus is there for you. Whenever you do wrong, he's there that you can go to. And we all do wrong from time to time. We all say things we shouldn't say from time to time. We all neglect people from time to time. But you see, it's a sin. It's a sin. And we have to get those sins under the blood, the blood that was shed upon that cross, on the cross of Calvary. On the cross of Calvary. My, what a day that must have been when Jesus took his last breath. <laughs> oh, boy. they took his body down, they put him in the tomb, but he wasn't in that body. He was home with the Father. He came back and he rose from the grave. Why did he do that? For you, for me. That's why he done that. That's why he, 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 he suffered the pain and, and the tor torment and, and the ridicule and everything that they did to him that day upon the cross of Calvary. He placed our sins upon his shoulders, God did. Would your father have done you that way? No. No. My dad would have never done me that way. My dad would never let me suffer and die for someone else. No, sir. He wouldn't have done that. But God did. Why? Because it's the only way that we were going to be able to get to heaven and have the joys of heaven. You know, they were singing a song a while ago about the river running through heaven. Hey, you know what? Old Bill Worley told me, he said, Did I tell you what, Brother Junior? I said, what's that, Bill? He said, they got to be crappie in there. <laughs> they got to be crappie in there. I don't know about bass, maybe a bass or two. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but they got to be crappie in there. I love Brother Bill, Brother Bill Worley. He, 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 was, he, was a, he was a great preacher and a great influence to me, and so was Ronnie Childress. Ronnie Childress was a great uh, individual who loved God and loved to hear him preach. What a wonderful man of God. Not only do we need uh, a, a, a conviction of God's love for sinners, we need to love that sinner. Not do what they do, but love that sinner. Love them to God. Love them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell them that God loves them. Tell them that Jesus died for them. That one day he's coming back to take all of those who have believed on him to heaven. Oh my, can you imagine the fun we're going to have in heaven? You know, I look, I, I look back on my life and my dad, my mom passed away first, then my dad passed away. 
Then uh, my my sister passed away. Then my son passed away. Well, my son oh my son passed away. And uh, I look back and and it sort of breaks your heart. Uh, I was holding my dad when he died. As as a matter of fact, I led him to the Lord right before he passed away. My dad. I'm not going to say he was mean, but he was rambunctious. I'll just leave it at that. But I had the opportunity to lead him to the Lord Jesus Christ before he took his last breath. And you look back at, uh, at the things that have happened, and God is in control. The Lord Jesus Christ is in control. So you see, we need that conviction of God's love toward that individual that, that has never been born again, has never been saved. We need to reach the lost, as they say, at any cost. Because it cost Jesus his life. And it gave us eternal life. So why not you know, spread it around? Why not tell other people what you got? You know? Why not tell other people about the salvation that you have and the life you have, a glorious life, living for the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, we need a conviction also of the responsibility to be a witness for Christ. Just like I said, we have to be a witness. If we're not, everything's wrong. We're to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. At work, I'm not supposed to, you know, you know how it is at work. You don't, you, don't, you don't say nothing about Christ. You don't do this. You don't do that. That's the state of Tennessee, okay? I don't know how Georgia is. But I'm over, over guarding Tennessee State Building. And you have so many things that you cannot do. But I sneak around doing them anyway. Is that sin? That's not a sin. They ain't going to tell me what I can do, what I can't do when it comes to salvation. Oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. But you see, today, the way that we look around in this world, just in the United States, how times have changed. 75 years from the day. Listen, I, I grew up. In Whites, Georgia. Worked on a farm, dairy farm. And I can remember having church services. Of course, they, it wasn't a church service. It, the, 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 the traveling preacher would go from house to house. And I can remember my old grandmother. She was church of God. We won't blame her for that, okay? She was church of God. My, I tell you, that preacher would come down and begin to preach my, 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 my grandmother's hair, I bet it came to right there. I mean, right at my knee. Long hair. She'd take that hair, and I don't know how in the world she got all that stuff walled, walled up into one ball and stuck on her head. But I've seen her out there when that preacher got to preaching. She'd get to shouting, and then Bobby, you know what a Bobby pin is. Them bobby pins begin to fly everywhere. That hair was <laughs> would go down. But she had, she was praising God. Remember the old Brush Arbor meetings? Used to go down 41 Highway and there'd be one here. You go down a little further, there'd be one over here. A preacher in there preaching the Word of God. You don't see it anymore. You don't see it. 
You know, I don't know whether it's people just don't care or what. Oh, them old Holy Ghost conviction meetings. Son. Man, you're talking about doing some shouting. You ain't going to take me one of them things that's got rattlesnakes in it, though. You heard that, didn't you? Okay. My grandmother took me to one of them one time. They'd pull them snakes out, and when they did, I said, Grandma, I got to go. I don't like snakes. I have, I have no... If I see one, it's dead. I don't care what color it is, black, white, orange, purple, white. It's a dead snake if I see it. I do not like snakes. I can, I can, I can take spiders. I can take anything else like that, but not a snake, honey. No, sir. Snakes are mean. They hiss. They squirm around on the ground just trying to get at you. I don't like them. I don't like them. But anyway, so we need a conviction of the responsibility to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to reach the lost. We, as children of God, have to reach the lost. That's what we're to do. We're not supposed to keep everything within us. Give it to someone else. Give what you've got to someone else. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So you see... One other thing, and I'm already almost over my time limit. You remember when we had that bail thing that time? Still got it. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I, I was tempted to get that bail and fling that thing out. The last thing I want us to look at is we need to be convicted of the nearness of Christ's second coming. This is why we need to be about the Lord's business. This is why we need to be about telling someone about the love of God and how Jesus died for them upon the cross. Time is drawing nigh. You look around and you see all of this stuff going on and you wonder, my, my, how much longer can this go on? I'd say not very long. Not very long when you look around and see prophecy fulfilling. Prophecy fulfilling. Titus chapter 2 and verse 12 says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. He's telling us how we're to live. He's telling us what we need to do, and that's be about God's business, reaching the lost. Now, I know people don't like to hear this, but that's too bad, honey. I've got your money, and I've got you in here. <laughs> no, but I have got you in here. We need to be about God's work, telling the lost of the Lord Jesus Christ. And godly in, the, in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of who? God. And our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 44. Therefore, be you also ready. Be ready. 
When I was in the Navy, I know a few more in here that was in the Navy. <clears throat> I was a bosun mate to start out with. Then I, I became a chaplain's assistant. In the Navy, a chaplain's assistant, okay? We spent all of our own board carrier. We spent all of our time in the Caribbean. Rough duty, right? Oh, that was rough. <laughs> Where the sun is always shining. But you see, there's stuff going on in this world that you know people just really don't realize what's going on. Human trafficking. It's, it's rampant. It's everywhere. Men loving men. Women loving women. God said, no. He said, no. There's not to be that. But it goes on anyway. Even in churches, they have, they have those that, that, uh, that uh, are supposedly... They can't be married by God's standards. In the church service, it's okay for them to come to church service just as long as you preach the word of God and get them under conviction and get them saved. But it's wrong. I don't care how you look at it, it's wrong. And people today just take it in stride. They're getting it now where men can go into ladies' restrooms, restroom, and ladies can go into men's restroom. That's crazy. Crazy. How's this all coming about? The devil. The devil. I have never seen the devil so active in my life as I have these days. He's getting everything absolutely turned around. Jesus said in these days that you see this, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. Redeemed, redeemed. You remember them old coupons you used to get? Redemption coupons. You'd go trade them things in for maybe a waffle toaster or, or, or something like that. You'd have to have a stack of them rascals that tall to get a doggone waffle cooker. But I couldn't wait to lick them S&H green stamps and stick them in that book. There's a time coming. There's a time coming. And that time is very nigh. So as we look at this, there's a lot of conviction here. Are we doing what God wants us to do? I know as a church, we are. We're doing exactly what God wants us to do, and that's to reach the lost. But are we doing it individually? We can't rely on the church to do our business, our walking, our telling, our inviting them to the house of God. Invite that one that doesn't have anything. Hey, you know what? One of these days we need to have an old-fashioned day, wear cover, overalls, and all that kind of stuff. Get me back in the good old days. But you see, God is prepared a place. And if you want to go there, you got to be born again. you got to accept the Lord Jesus Christ in the free pardon of sin. Father, I thank you, God, for this time you've given us that we can come around and worship you. Father, I thank you for the, for the messages that we can glean from your book. We thank you so much for leading us and guiding us the way you'd have us to go. Father, we pray, Lord, as we leave and 
go our separate ways, that you'll put us in contact with someone that we can, we can get in touch with and tell them about the love of God, tell them about what Jesus has done for us. Father, I pray, Lord, just add to our number in this house that we can reach more people. For it's in Christ's precious name we pray.